What's going on, everyone? Happy Friday. Very glad to have Reyes Reyes in the building. It's been... Yes, sir. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. Almost a decade. Since we've been in the same room together yeah. talking about life. Definitely. We were just talking about it. It's been, you know, three years since we were together well, doing been, music stuff. Yeah, we've been talking about getting on a, on a podcast together um, for a while now. So I'm just glad that, you know, the time worked out. And why are you here? I don't. Even, <laughs> I totally forgot. Like, why are you in Arizona? Are you traveling out? Somewhere? No, I'm. I'm literally here for this podcast. I literally had. You, you're I, joking? No, I'm not joking. Uh, I, I had the time. I okay. had the weekend, and I was gonna drive up today, shoot the podcast, and then literally drive back to Cruces tonight. And then the more I thought oh, about okay, it, I was okay. like, eh, you know, no, I don't do that. Just stay. I mean, I would even offer to you to sleep on the couch. Yeah, like, stay. I think a couple of buddies are coming up to Lorenzo, oh, really? Lorenzo, and them. So we might might make a weekend out of it. Oh, sweet. Very cool. Well. Very happy to have you on. Um, it's a pleasure. Let's give you let's give you a little spill on you know what's going on in your life and what's been what's been happening since high school, man. It's been that picture. <laughs> that picture is so crazy. How can you how can you describe it in under like thirty seconds of what you're doing right now? Um, so since high school, it's just been a blur. It's been a blur of me trying to try different alleys, different journeys, mm-hmm. going from golf to music, which is something that I never would have guessed that I'd been do, would have done had you told me back in the day. Um, in under 30 seconds, yeah, I'm doing music f- almost full-time now. Graduated in May, got my degree, Congrats, marketing, man. thank you, uh, professional golf management, and then just doing golf and, and music. We're kinda, we kind of have the same story, you know, in a, in a way. Not not to the T of obviously going into the creative realm. It's, yeah. We, uh, we kind of gave up our sport and uh, went into something totally different. Because if you think of it, not many athletes have the tendency to choose um, anything going into like a, you know, a DJing or a, a podcasting um, lifestyle. I feel like everyone wants to go to accounting. Yeah. I feel like that's what athletes do the best. You know, it's either accounting or marketing. Yeah, or finance, something to do with their money mm-hmm. that they're making. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, it's it's been like you said. It's been a it's been a wild journey for us to go from from sports into music, brand, brand management, making a brand, podcasting, doing all that stuff. Um, I still do golf, but I you know like like when you were doing the D one thing. At one point in time, you know, I I turned down some D two offers uh-huh. and was trying to play D one golf. And had you have told me back then that I was going to end up doing music and, and being a DJ and having some success at it, I wouldn't have believed you. So it's it's funny to see that you know we're kind of doing our thing and we branched out into something that someone would have said they wouldn't have seen us doing at the time, and we're succeeding at it. Yeah, I think it helps to have that circle around you, kind of push you to you know see it from a different perspective because I never really had. You know, that many people say, oh, this is, you know, baseball is going to finally end for you. What's, what are you going to do next? I feel like the, the temporary friends that you had at the time were always people that were interested in the stuff that you're doing at that time. And it was kind of scary. I can relate to that a little bit because, you know, when I stepped out of that um, athlete, that athlete lifestyle, I don't really have a lot of friends. I had to, you know, mind my own. I was like, all right, what am I going to do now? What's what's next? What's going to make me happy? What's going to give me that thrill? And I think we both kind of found that in um, the, the stuff we're doing now. So it's really, it's really cool to hear about that. One thing that my, um, the owner wasted presents the company that manages me and that I, I work for and DJ for, he says to us all the time is if this is something you really want to do, you have no plan B. And that kind of ties, ties back to what you just said is yeah. we, we didn't really have a plan B. It was always, this is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. And if we failed or did something else, we didn't have a plan B. It was find the next plan A. Like what is, what is next? What can I do? Like you said, that gives me the thrill and what can I do that is going to make me feel fulfilled. Yeah. And again, it goes back to doing something that you 
you want to share with other people because when it comes down to it, it has to be relatable to something that other people are doing. And I think that's what makes people very successful is they're not the first one to do it or to recreate the wheel or to, you know, st- reinvent something that's already been started. Like we're just kind of adding on our own little spice to it. Yeah. And again, it's really awesome to see how successful you are just on social media, um, seeing your posts and, you know, seeing how passionate you get about your work and to see the confidence go into the work that you're doing. It's, it's, it's hard work, man. And it's not it easy. Is. I feel like people don't understand what kind of work goes into the stuff that we do. Especially while keeping a full-time job. I mean, to, oh, to tag on what you just said, I mean, if, you know, if I was a class A, world-class DJ, you know, most of those guys have a marketing team. Most of those guys have people scheduling their posts, running their mm-hmm. Instagram accounts and Twitters and everything. And I'm, I'm running all my social media accounts. At one point in time, before I assumed um, the Lost Ark name and I was just Graham, I was running three different social media accounts, again, across all platforms. Because I had my personal grim and the lost ark which i just took over but i mean it was ridiculous the amount of content that i had that i had to try and work across all these platforms at any time did that give you like some sort of anxiety or stress to know that there's that many accounts that you kind of had to maintain yeah easy i mean and it was it was so easy for me to fall into a mindset that it, it was so easy for me to fail like right. yeah i have all these all these accounts but at the end of the day it was like which one am i gonna succeed in and that's when the anxiety came in it's like which one am I going to succeed in? Like, how am I going to do this? So let's kind of go backwards um, in high school. So just to give a little foreground of, you know, how we came to this point, guys, uh, Jared and I met freshman year of high school. We both went to different middle schools and I was kind of the, the, the black sheep, as you would say, cause I went to Lynn, which was feeding into a different high school, but um, all in all, we became really good friends and it ended up being that we were both playing the same position at one time and, you know, to go fast forward four years later, we had the same AP calculus class and he was really the one that I talked to about to getting into maybe planning a trip to EDC. So <laughs> the whole right, yeah, stuff, this funny. guy was very passionate about um, from the start and from the jump. So just to be able being able to, you know, learn from him about what kind of music was going on at that time, which was huge. Yeah. I don't feel like it's, it was ever uh, not trendy, you know, when we're in high school. So um, it was really cool to learn about that. And then to get to the point to where we both had the same media class for a while. Uh, it, it was it was an honor to, you know, have you as a friend and I agree. just get a different perspective from you. I agree. I actually saw uh, Taylor the other day, another, oh, another guy in our AP calculus class. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a trio, man. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, just to say, yeah, I mean, I we we actually, we met before then because remember, I played baseball that's right. on, your, on your dad's on, team. We on the played Rhinos. on the Rhinos together. Dang, yeah. yeah. It's right. funny to backtrack like that. Um, as far as that goes, no, I mean, it's weird that in life, for anyone, this goes for anyone in, in anything. I was I was the biggest fan of EDM. You can attest to it. I uh-huh. was a huge fan of EDM. From the point we graduated high school up until 2019 when I joined Ascension and then on to Wasted, I was a big fan. I only went to shows as, as fan. I was a fan of the music and as a fan of the lifestyle and the, yeah. cul- and the culture. Never did I think I was going to be the one up on stage until you know some stuff hit the fan and I needed to find a way to express myself in a creative outlet and healthy manner. And that's when I started making music and DJing just kind of tags on to, onto that because I was making bass music, dubstep, EDM uh-huh. stuff that could be played live. And that's where that aspect came in. I'm trying to, I can't pinpoint, but I remember there was a time we were talking and it was, it was pretty late. I don't know why I remember this day, but I remember reaching out to you and being like, Hey man, let's, uh, let's go do something. Um, may have been still in high school or not, but, you'd be able to tell me more. Uh, and you told me, you're like, honestly, I'm not, 
really going do, doing that whole going out thing anymore, man. I've been uh, I've been at home working, you know, on my music, and that was the first time I ever heard you speak about that. And you know, we never really talked um, in terms of details of what that looked like, but I remember you telling me that. So, do you me- remember more or less on what that time frame was? If I had to guess, that sounds like the time frame of right when I started and things kind of hit the fan. Um, okay. You know, I, I went kind of on a downward spiral right around 2017, 2018. I was, everyone, everyone of my friends and everyone that was in the PGM program were all about to graduate. Okay. And I was still, still two years behind in school from traveling, doing the golf thing, which was actually really successful. I mean, I, I've worked at Pebble Beach, the number one golf course in the country. Yeah, I remember that. So on paper, it looked really good, but behind the scenes, you know, I was, I was really down. I was traveling. I was behind on school. I couldn't. I couldn't see myself getting past the speed bump of life. I couldn't see myself graduating and what was next. For sure. And um, some stuff I wouldn't get into. But basically, I, I sat down and I had to think about it. You know, what what can I do? I love dubstep. I love making music. Why, why can't I be the one to do it? Like, and that's It goes on to life and everything else. Like, why not you? That's facts, man. Downloaded a DAW, started messing around, started making music. S- stuff didn't really sound that bad. I had the ideas. I've always been musically inclined, but I've never had the kind of passion and drive to actually use my ideas as, as something else. Uh-huh. And um, that that's around that time is twenty is twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. I think the, the the thing that stuck with me most right there is you know you saying why not me you know why can't I be the one to do that yeah. and I didn't really understand that concept for a while. Uh, I I again went through some stuff just like you did. Um, that we don't even got to get into, but it's dark, man. It's, you know, you lose your confidence and whatever that goes into it. And a lot of it for me was more egotistical stuff. Like there was a point in my time where I felt like I was better than everyone. And I felt like I held myself at a higher standard and it wasn't even really a standard. It was my insecurities kind of showing for that. Yeah. So when that was all over and, you know, and that real, that reality came into check, you know, I didn't know what to turn to. And when baseball was gone, that's, that was the only thing left. I was like, well, I don't want to work for anyone else. Uh, I've always been a pretty decent leader. So, you know, why not, why not bet on myself and, you know, start my own thing? Yeah. So it's it's really cool to hear that, you know, the, the same mindset comes from other people around you uh, because it matters. And I think it's very important for people to understand that you have to go through that hard time to get to the point to where you can actually feel confident and have that conviction again of I'm going to do this and this is going to work out. I agree. And um, just to tag on to that, I mean, you don't have to know it all to be a leader. No. And you're, you're a good leader. You've always been a good leader. And I what I'm starting to learn now in a leader and how I express it to my team and everyone around me is um, you just have to be true to yourself and you have to trust that what you're doing is, like you said, your conviction is in the best interest of you. Like yep. if you can tell yourself and look yourself in the mirror every day that you're doing whatever it takes to make yourself happy, to get the job done, to be successful, to just, I don't know, to just be happy. I mean, you can be a leader in that aspect. Like if you can trust in yourself, like it's, it's corny, but if you can trust the process, your own process you can lead other people it's corny uh it's corny to people i know i would say it's all a perspective thing like it's corny to the people that don't believe in stuff like that like they they want to believe it but they only believe it on the days that it's good for them it's yeah. only on their fridays on the days that they get yeah. paid <laughs> yeah. it's only good when it sounds right but uh, that's kind of what trent was talking about um a couple episodes before you man was his biggest thing was he, he his favorite thing to do is he likes to listen to people. He likes to learn from people. He likes to read books that he doesn't even have no idea what's going into him. And to hear someone that's, you know, making that kind of money at 22 years old and is telling you as someone that's older, that you're older than, which, and I don't know why in society, but it's always like the people that are older than you should know more than you. And 
I feel like at a certain time there was that that distinction of okay yeah. if they're older they know more but I, nowadays there's just so much information we can get a lot faster than a lot of other people can and uh, like you said you, you have to be open to you know learning new strategies and new ways to be able to move forward and I don't ever like to pride myself in trying to teach someone my way I want to be able to learn a bunch of different ways because you know there's more than one way to get things done I agree and it, it I mean it's not about who's been on this planet longer it's about how quickly you can grab information and retain it and be able to digest it and understand how you can apply it to your own life. And I mean, yeah, I, I watched a bit of that episode and it was very, really interesting to see the stuff he has to say. And I, I was thinking about it on the drive up here. I mean, what, what makes someone successful? What makes me successful? And right. I, I actually thought about it and, you know, working at these top 100 golf courses in the country, I'm working and I'm rubbing elbows with the top 1%. Um, I've had conversations with Charles Schwab multiple times. Wow. And the thing that really sticks out for me that I can pinpoint anytime anyone asks me is their the dedication to their schedule. If you want to be okay. successful, these guys have their days planned out every day to the minute. That makes sense. To the minute. And I've I've been trying to get better at it. You know, it's hard. Like you said, you know, things happen. Sometimes you get in a dark place. But I wake up and I know at this point, I wake up and I know what I'm doing for the next six hours. I have it planned out. I've, I haven't gotten to a full day schedule, but for the next six hours, I know what I'm doing. I'm waking up before I even get out of bed. I'm on my phone planning posts for the day, getting the pictures nice, that I'm going to post, planning that, liking stuff, sending DMs to sell tickets, whatever I got to do on social media. I do right when I wake up before I get out of bed because that in an ass, in a, in a way, I feel like that, that kind of gets my brain going for the day, Yeah, you know, without yeah, having to actually like physically do anything. And it, it leaves out that extra task or that extra anxiety of, man, I could have done this a lot earlier. Yeah. You know, and it feels so much better. But there, like you said, there's days where they say the hardest part of a day are the first two minutes of when you wake up. Mm -hmm. Because in those two minutes, they could be <laughs> the longest two minutes ever because you just lay in there and you're like, you know what? I got 10 more minutes. And, you know, I've done that. Yeah. I've been there and I've had, you know, more instances with that than not. But it's, it's just such a strong, you have to have such a strong mindset mm -hmm. and like these one percenters out there that are talking about it, they have been, you know, challenging themselves and putting themselves in uncomfortable situations for a majority of their life. So that's they, what discipline is. Yeah, that's the definition exactly. of discipline. Uh-huh. And just to, you know, look back at what we've been through and what, you know, people go through in their, in their fallouts is we were uncomfortable at one point, you know, so it's, it's easy to put ourselves back there. But when we're in the part that we're comfortable, you know, it's, I feel like it's just as hard to push yourself to be the best you can still be. I agree. My, uh, my current manager, Lorenzo, shout out to him. One thing he tells us all the time is never get comfortable. And I think about it all the time. Never get comfortable. Why are you satisfied with being comfortable? Uh -huh. You know, you could be making a million dollars a day. Those guys aren't comfortable. They're not comfortable with that. They want to be making two million. Why They're, are you, why yeah. are you comfortable doing what you're doing when you know that you could be doing more in the back of your mind? It's telling you, you can do more. Why are you comfortable with what you're doing? And that's where I'm at now. You know, I've my plan for I, I have these big goals. I have short term goals, I have my smart goals, everything uh -huh. that I've learned in school. I've, I've applied to my brand. I'm trying to release one song a month for 2022. And right now I'm, I'm scheduled up until June. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. So I need the rest of the year to finish these songs. But that's the discipline, you know, on days when I don't want to wake up and work on music like I need to do something like whether it be plan the marketing strategy for those songs I'm going to release uh, make the social media posts, schedule photo shoots, anything I have to do, schedule this, get this going. You know, that's what discipline is. And it can be a, tr um, 
It could be for anyone. Anyone can take this. And nobody's holding you accountable. That's yeah. that's the toughest part about doing your own thing and betting on yourself is you don't have to wake up. You don't have to make those posts. You don't have to make that music. No one is forcing you to do that. You either have to choose to do that. And I look at it this way. If I was to have a full-time job, which I'm blessed to have, you know, it's it's temporary to where I am surrounded around good people and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a check that is allowing me to live and make, you know, make new networking opportunities yeah. and do the things I need to do. So, you know, I'm glad with that, but I want to be able to, you know, count on myself and feel uncomfortable to the point to where it's like, okay, I'm going to wake up and act like I don't have any money today. And I have to push myself to go make that money and making mm-hmm. the money is like you said, the planning, the marketing stuff, you know, putting out your music, you know, all, everything that goes into that the whole nine yards. So it's, it's key, man. It's key to have that, that full range of, you know, expertise and knowledge. And there's times where I do have to humble myself because I feel like I'm getting a one step closer to where I want to be. And I'm just like, you know what, I can't sit back and, you know, appreciate or, or just, or just be able to, to see things and, and understand that. Like I got to be able to still question stuff. So, um, since we're already here, what is, what is your overall goal? What are you trying to accomplish with everything that you're doing? I don't know. I think about it every day. I, like I said, I just had an interview and podcast I actually did yesterday. And um, he asked me what my goals were for the future and what I wanted to do. You know, it, it's weird because when everyone sees you as a DJ, it's like, oh, you want to be this mega DJ. Right, they just want to see, you know, A-list celebrity, A-list yeah. DJ that, you know, is getting flights and being with the women. I don't know. Money. I don't know if that's what I want, man. Like, I, I want to do what makes me happy. And right now, DJing is fun and it makes me happy. But making the music is what makes me the happiest uh-huh. and having people listen to something that I've made and, and really enjoy and, and have something that I've made like resonate with them. Um, even randoms, randoms on social media, randoms on Twitter. I, I wake up every morning and send at least 20 DMS to, r- to random followers or random pages of songs that I've made just to kind of reach out and, you're, and try you're and good go. at that. Yeah. You're good at that. I remember you, <laughs> you were so consistent in doing that. And it's not that I like would get mad. I would just be like, Dang man, this guy's really taking that extra mile to go out there and push it, and that can be uncomfortable for people. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's definitely gotten. I mean, I was never really in a shell socially. Like in high school, I was never mm-hmm. really in a shell. I was oh. definitely always, unfortunately, uh, in in the <laughs> spotlight in high school. Yeah, as much as I didn't want to be, but um, no, no, you did. You did. I've never had an issue with that, and uh, it's interesting. Interesting because I've I've even made myself uncomfortable in some aspects because it's different when it's something that you believe in rather than something yes, that I agree. And I mean, it, so BHD, I mean, the one thing I've, I've noticed is that this whole thing you've got going on has really taken a turn within the last year from something that I saw you doing that you love to do to now this big thing that I could see really branching out and doing well because you've, you've lived the brand. And one thing I'll tell, I'll tell anyone is uh, one thing that I've lived by, kind of a motto, is don't be mad at the results you didn't get for the work that you didn't put in. Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. I wake up every morning and tell myself that, you know, it's like if I didn't get, like today, I released a song, it's probably sitting at like 65 plays the last time I checked. Okay. I like to get to 100 on release days, but I'm not mad because I've only sent 20 DMs, you know, even if every one of them listened to it, that's only 20 plays. Yeah. So it's, I can't be mad at that. You know, you can't be mad at at the results you didn't get for the work you didn't put in. But you see it from a different side. And I think that's what is key. You see all these people that are successful out here, man. Um, my favorite movie all time, and I know I'm not saying it's to the T, everything in his life happened to the T, but The Social Network. Yeah. Like, I just love watching that movie because the dude's a freak, bro. Like, that guy the is attitude. something else. Like, he just, he is not an everyday individual. 
No. And that is what I want to get myself to be. I don't want to be that person that, oh, he's just like every other dude or, oh, he's just like every other brand owner out here, or brand, you know, promoter, whatever he's doing. No. I want to get to the point to where it's like, oh, that dude's crazy. Like, he really thinks that's going to happen. It's distinguishable, yeah. And, again, it, some of it is, you know, kind of like fantasizing about it, but at the end of the day, they know that conviction. They know that yeah. regardless of what they go through, they're going to get there. And you, they do. And you wake yourself like, yeah. oh, we knew he was going to get there. When they see him making the money and they see him, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram. They're like he told us. Yeah, he told us he was like, going to oh, do well, it. well, we believe him now, but it wasn't ever for them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, it was for themselves. And half the time, those people that get to that point, they don't even want to be famous. Like you said, they just love producing the work and going through the process with the peers they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool to that. play all these shows across the country. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's what I want to do. Uh-huh. But as far as, like, if I had to pick... If you gave me an ultimatum between DJing and making music, you'd be making music Literally. any day. Like, I would lock myself in my room and make music any day rather than going out and playing shows. Why? Because it allows me the opportunity to, you know, I've, I've dealt with the whole ADHD thing, and I've, I've taken Adderall from second grade all the way up until freshman year of high school. And for me, the struggle now is, is being able to break out of my mind. Not a shell, but being able to break out of my mind. And for me to make music, it allows me an opportunity to take everything that's racing through my mind and actually put it into an outlet and put it into something. DJing is fun, but I get distracted up there. Really? I get distracted up there easy. I was going to ask you about that. Like, (laughs) what's the experience? I'm kind of glad, like, and shout out to Mona Lisa because, you know, she provided that experience for me that I always wanted to to go through, regardless of it's concert photography or videography. Like, it was still, you know, it was still something that was fun, but what's it like on the other side of things? Cause there's three different sides. I feel yeah. like there's the production side, which kind of goes along with the videography side. There's the fucking people out there. And then there's you guys that one or two or three or how many DJs are out there. You're on your own Island. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, playing sports and stuff. I never really got nervous. I, I get nervous in golf cause it's an individual sport and right. you can only hold yourself accountable. Right. But DJing gets me worked up. You know, when I get off stage, I'm usually drenched in sweat. From just the energy, from just the emotions, from seeing the crowd, seeing their reactions. It's amazing. I mean, if you think about it in kind of a basic aspect, I mean, you're pressing a play button on a song, hoping that hundreds of people yeah. mess with it, you know? That don't even know you that sometimes. don't even know me. Like, it's funny because, I mean, at least at Green Door in El Paso, it's, it's a small venue. It's a, it's a small community. So you would think that me playing there enough, they would know me. But it's funny because I can drive this crowd and they're going wild and they're going nuts and there's uh-huh. hundreds of them. And then I get off stage, switch my shirt, walk off stage and like disappear into the crowd like nothing. And it's just funny. It's got to feel kind of cool though. It, it does. It does just, feel you cool. Know, yeah. Just taking off that. It's yeah. like taking off that, that ego and then putting your everyday cap yeah. back on. Yeah. Just go hang out in the crowd. Like, no, like I don't have to worry about, I don't know why I would have to say this, but I don't have to worry about anyone come up, coming up to me and like, like fanboying or anything when I can just go be myself and like, that's what I'm doing on stage, you know? Like, like, yeah, it's a brand and, and that's what I'm trying to portray is like this big time DJ thing. But like, that's, that's what I do for like that, you know? Like, yeah, I I understand everything that you're saying because it's just such a close knit family. Like there's people that you can come across that you don't even know, but they'll come up to you and it's just, they, again, they share that common interest and it drives such emotion to that kind of stuff man like i hope to get to that point to where i can you know bring myself around individuals which i've met a few here and there which i'm glad like zach and you know trent and a couple other friends that, are, that i've met and collabed with they've been amazing people but 
more people to help out with, you know, BHD stuff on top of the stuff that they're doing. It's just so impactful and you just learn so much from them. Yeah. It's good to have a team. I mean, to have a team around you of like-minded individuals that understand the drive, understand the passion, the mission, and one team, one goal, and can really just push a collective idea forward is, is something that's unmatched. I mean, yeah, it goes, it, it goes a long way. And I'm, I'm like you, I like to, I like to enjoy the process. Like people, people really, you know, the more people that are surrounded around me that I care about, the better my stuff gets, you know? Yeah. So I just enjoy having that sense of family into what we're doing. And just to see that, you know, they're not here just to, to be a part of something. They're here because they want to make, you know, some sort of impact. And I feel like the more I do this work and the more I've, you know, understood what brand was like, what promoting was like, it was more of a, I want to do this to make other people better and to make myself better. And I feel like the more you do it for, you know, the community and the other people, which sounds kind of corny again, but you make it about them and you feel amazing after and I think it's beneficial and you have more fresh content and the contents, like you said, more relatable. I don't know if I speak for all content creators, but I speak for myself when I say that, like you said, we, we enjoy the process, but most of, most of the stuff I'm doing isn't necessarily for me as much as it is for everyone else. Yeah. Because I, I do it for me and that's, that's why I need to do it. Because if I wasn't doing this, I don't know what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. But the reason I post my music online is in hopes that someone resonates with it and someone can take the emotion that I put into this track and can get them through something. And that I feel like that's why most content creators do it is because they're trying to help other people understand where they were in their life and how they can drive themselves forward. And it, it's, it's a key resource uh, just because people, I feel like a lot of documentaries and uh, stuff that comes out are of these people that come from, you know, poverty homes, you know, minority class, you know, low working class, um, and they come up to this great story. But I tell people this all the time. I want to know about the people and not to say that they don't have any sort of importance. Like they're getting the, yeah. they're getting the promotion. They're getting the people to see what their story is like. Cause it's on Netflix, on Hulu, every major out like resource. But I want to know about the people that are middle class. Yeah. Came from a decent family, got a job, got a degree. And can be a little bit more relatable to other people that, you know, are working the nine to five. They're working on themselves. They're trying to save some money to make it big somewhere else, but they're going through that grind because mm-hmm. I get it. A lot of people come from the worst stuff that I've ever, yeah. I've ever gone through yeah. and, you know, props to them, but it's just as important to share stories like ours that a lot of people go through too. You know, there's other golfers out there that wanted to go and play on the PGA tour or wanted to go and make it pro. And there's a lot yeah. of guys that played baseball that wanted to make it pro and they just didn't hack it. You know, it just didn't work out for them. Yeah. But what are they probably doing? Working a nine to five. They may not enjoy it. They may, they may enjoy it, but they might have that dream or that, you know, something else that pushes them to be better that they don't really move forward with. Yeah. And I feel like that's where you and I come in with, you know, and a few other people that I know, and we can push that out. And if we can really show that, that story, it's lethal. I agree. It's a spectrum. I mean, yeah, not to discredit anyone on, on either side of the spectrum, people that have came from either Silver Spoon or from down in the dirt, nothing. Yeah. I mean, props to anyone who can live their dream and wake up every morning, look themselves in the mirror and say, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to go and get it. But I agree. I mean, it's a spectrum, and everyone in the spectrum has to be recognized for being able to to take what's within them and drive forward and, and figure it out. And if you can spread love and passion and uh, leadership to anyone, 
regardless of age, anything, if you can help someone accomplish their dreams, like you said in golf, I mean, I'll argue this to anyone, but, it, but it's funny, but I think uh, golf is one of the hardest sports to get professionally recognized in to get on the PGA Tour because the amount of spots is, is less than any professional team and the amount of money and time that it takes is, is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit harder because, because the outlets is as far as like, I think it's the closest attributed to like baseball, baseball, there's minor league. And I guess now basketball, there's G league, but in the golf, in golf, you have to go through qualifying stages to even get to Q school. And once you get to Q school, you have to finish at a certain to even get into the corn Ferry tour. And then once you finish a season on the corn Ferry tour, if you're high enough, you get onto the PJ tour. So you have to, I mean, it's a grind. Yeah. Not to say anything else isn't a grind, but it attributes it to um, if you can really, you know, deep within yourself, figure out that you want to do it, you can do it. Yeah, and it, I think it's one of the few sports that you have to spend the money to get the, yeah. you know, to get the reach on that. Baseball, you can't really, uh, you could, you could play club ball. It doesn't really matter. But you can't buy yourself to the top in baseball. Oh, no, but you can't go pro in baseball at, as young as these golfers as you can, can go golf. pro. Yeah, that's and true. That's, I think that's what makes it a very unique sport because you do have these, what is it, 14, 15? Yeah, I mean, you can play in the U.S. Open. And mm-hmm. I think uh, the youngest person to play in a U.S. Open event right now is, is 16. So that right there, that's you can bet on yourself, but most of the time it's you, you got to pay for your caddy. You got to pay for the lessons. You got to pay for the tournaments. Like, it's not a it's not an easy game to get into. Yeah, sponsorship is really big in, in professional golf, which is, which goes back to what I said, is I don't think anyone's buying their way to the top in any sport. But no. I mean, some some of these you just physically can't. And golf, you can't buy your way to the top. Yeah, you can have all the money you want to travel and play in these tournaments, but if you're not good, you're not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna work. No, like, it just helps that you have the money. Yeah, yeah, right. like it's not gonna work. Like, uh, hard work is never bought out by, by talent. I don't think. I think hard work can beat out talent any single day. Yeah, it's funny you say that because my dad, he, he's really big into, into... I saw him the other day, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw him at NMSU. Playing golf? Mm-hmm. That dude's just living the retirement. <laughs> yeah, he is. Li- he I'm told me li- he was going back, though. Huh? He told me he's going back. He, he's going to work. Yeah, he's working into getting back into, you know, teaching. probably teaching. Yeah, yeah, um, teaching. I know he wants to coach, but I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, but yeah, he misses it. He for sure misses it. Yeah. But that dude, he's, a, he's probably one of the best guys to pep people up and to really, you know, share that, that real knowledge than anyone I know as a mentor. So he sent me this link from Denzel Washington and it was one of his speeches that he gave to uh, his alma mater, you know, maybe last year, or a couple of years ago. And he said, hard work works. Working really hard is what, you know, greater people do or what better people do. And it, you know, it, it makes sense. And I was like, man, that's, that's true. That's really true. And just to pull a couple other things out of that, it was, it was really huge to to know that, like you said, you can't buy your way up there. You gotta you gotta have the hard work yeah. that goes with it. But uh, before we end this podcast, man, I just want you to kind of touch on you know your team and what it's like to to be a part of something that has grown over a year after year. It's growing and becoming more successful. Um, like, wh- what's it like to be a part of something like that? Yeah, I, I can talk about it from the beginning. So, um, twenty nineteen, I joined a little brand. Uh, in Las Cruces called Ascension. And they were just at the time throwing house parties, a couple shows here and there, and branched out into El Paso. And we're throwing some really big shows. Lorenzo, I've known since middle school, same as about the same time as I've as long as I've known you. And uh, joined a team, a collective, with one dream of throwing the biggest shows that anyone could ever imagine. We started off small into El Paso, 
And that was the dream. And I saw it as an opportunity for me to, to do the music thing, but I also saw it as an opportunity for me to drive myself and be a part of a team and a collective. Uh, but where it, where it turns into me individually is, you know, I started producing music, released my first track, started making these tunes, realized that it wasn't that bad. Like I, I had the talent to actually make, make tracks. Yeah. Started making tracks. The next step was getting the brand because you can't just make the tracks. You need to have the brand. You need to live the brand. Came up with the idea of Grimm, made that brand for a while and um, got a graphic designer who actually lives in London right now. So he's oh, sweet. he's the one he's the one who does all of my graphics that you see for the most part. Yeah. And then uh, was partnered with Jordan. He was based out of El Paso. He does. He's done the two out of three of my photo shoots. OK. So all the pictures you see are, are done by him. Fast forward to now, 2020, 2022 is when I assumed the Lost Ark name. Lost Ark was something that I had kind of uh, gotten a few years ago, going through some more just dark times of being lost and not knowing what was within me, even while I was doing all this DJ stuff. You know, I was playing these big shows. I opened up for Dr. P and Funk Case. Dr. P I've been listening to since I was 14. He's one of the biggest guys in, awesome, in the man. UK. Like, ridic yeah. ridiculous thing. And I was still, like, wasn't satisfied. I couldn't figure out what within me was was making me happy, made the Lost Ark name, and I've released three tracks, I think, on that. And uh, I finally hit a point in this whole thing. You know, I have the graphic designer. My team is is literally just me. I'm doing the production. Okay. My graphic designer and anyone that wants to shoot photos for me. That's literally it. And the goal long-term right now is to finish out the year with one track per month. And I'm actually working on an album. And I, I just talked about it on the podcast I did yesterday. An album and a like a auditory and visual project. Oh, it's going to be 12 tracks of orchestral arrangements. And oh, it's okay. in a, a score, basically, for visuals of a 30-minute film that's going to be based on the 12 Zodiacs. Oh, so true. E each, okay. song, each song is going to be based off of a Zodiac sign. That's and, different. And the idea that I had behind it was because I like writing these big orchestral pieces. And there's so much emotion in those. And every everyone, regardless if you say you're not, is has seen like Zodiacs. They've checked their horoscope. Yeah, like, yeah it's, you know pretty, I mean? it's pretty mainstream now. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it'd be kind of cool and it'd be kind of interesting to see how I can do the research. Because I've, I've read up on all these Zodiacs and all different signs to figure out how I can learn about this sign figure out what it means to me, make a track about it that could be relatable to someone else. And that's how I want to make this kind of full experience. I don't even know if I want it to be EDM, but just orchestral pieces, 30-minute okay. album, along with uh, visuals that my that my graphic designer is going to do. That's that's a good plan. Man. That's the goal. That's the goal to have that by that's interesting. the end of 2022, maybe early 2023. Wow. Well, uh, good luck with that, man. Thank that's, you. That sounds fun. Sounds yeah. interesting, and I think it's. I haven't really heard of anything like that. No, I don't think anyone's ever done you it. No, and just with the amount of reach that people have nowadays, and getting stuff out there like that, it's it's really cool to see. And like that's why I'm just sitting here with you. I'm not the type to be like, "Oh man, you're not worth. You're not good enough to come onto my podcast. You're not good enough to you know really experience what BHB is like." But it does matter the people that you know I talk to on a daily basis or that that come on to the BHB podcast and. I think there's a set theme that I didn't even want. I didn't even try it's to just plan kinda happen. It just yeah. kind of happened. <laughs> it just kind of happens, yeah. And what uh, what BHD has attracted, and it's not just you know, it's not just what I've done. But what BHD has attracted are people like you that 
you know, they see something and they attack it at a different perspective and they, they tune it into something that works for them. And they understand that it's going to be work. They understand that it's going to be something that uh, is going to have to sacrifice a couple of things. But at the end of the day, you know, they're blessed individuals and they're coming in and they're humbled and they're determined to, to make the most of it and to, to, to ride the roller coaster. Yeah. I think that's what matters most yeah. is you got to be you got to be up when you're low and you got to be up when you're up. You got to roll the punches. Uh huh. And it's huge. And just to hear you talk about it. And <laughs> it's funny because I was telling my dad, he was like, oh, like your podcast has been doing really, really good, man. Like, wh- what do you got planned next? And I'm like. It's not that I don't have plan- stuff planned, but it's just more and more just keeps coming up. People just keep, you know, reaching out or just asking, like, hey, how's this going? Or, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? And, yeah, I mean, I kind of stick with my plan, but then I look at it from what they're saying and they're telling me, and I'm like, oh, this would be cool. I need yeah, to try this. Exactly. So when you reached out to me, it just ended up being a perfect time. And not to say that the other times weren't, but right now, you know, to, to hear everything that you're going through and to hear everything that you're doing, everything seemed to line up. I don't think it, uh, to be honest, I don't think it was. I don't think I would have been ready for your podcast had we done it when you were back in Crucis. Yeah. I don't think I had gone through enough of what I'm doing now to fully understand what I wanted to do with it. You know, I'd only played maybe two or three shows. I'd only released maybe five okay. s- five songs. I, I didn't fully understand what I wanted to do with this project. And now, I mean, just to backtrack on, you know, goals and, wh- and what I'm doing, um, just recently we announced a show in El Paso that's arguably one of the biggest lineups in the country. And in the world, I was telling you about Jeez, it. Yeah, people from all over the country, yeah. all over the world, are, are big, looking at this show in El Paso. Some of the biggest agents in <clears throat> in the industry are eyes down on this show, and to be able to play it in uh, wow. in June is going to be a pleasure and an honor for me. And we'll see, we'll see what happens from there. Well, that's awesome, dude. Congrats to your team, Thank and you. congrats to you guys. You guys seem like you have a good thing going for you, and. Just good luck. Thank you, man. We wish you well, and we hope everything works out for you guys. Keep going. Yeah, you got it.